0: Let's get into our message from Matthew chapter 3 today. Today, we're going to see that in order for us to be salt and to be light, we must bear the fruit of repentance. Let me ask you guys a very deep question, okay? Serious. How many of you still have your Christmas decorations up? (laughs) All right, now, even, even more deep is this. How many of you are going to leave your Christmas decorations up until next Christmas? Oh, yeah, Mr. Kyle. Nice. I like it. I like it. Well, look, if you lived in a neighborhood and your house was the only house that had Christmas lights up, uh, you know, it would bring some joy, right? Have one little house that was lit up. But think about how much more of an impact it would have if every house in your neighborhood or every house in in our city or every house in our state had Christmas lights and Christmas decorations. Think about the joy that that would bring if everyone was doing that, right? On our 24-plus-hour drive out to Kansas, uh, it was awesome to drive through a lot of little towns and see their entire downtown lit up, especially as we got closer to uh, Suzanne's parents' house. There were some towns, and it was snowing, um, which is kind of crazy, like the drive at you know uh, 11 o'clock at night in the snow. But uh, to see all the Christmas lights downtown is just a beautiful thing to see with the snow falling. Guys, living in the kingdom of heaven is something that we need to do together. Each of us doing our part to light up the world around us. Now, it's nice if there's only one family doing it, but the impact is so much more if we all are doing our part. Our impact is so much more. There's two questions that we're gonna kind of explore over the, the, the series called Salt and Light. And they may seem like simple questions, but these two questions are vital, okay? And the first question is, who are you? And more importantly, who is Jesus? These two questions, they shape who we are. They shape what we are about Jesus calls us to change and to influence change around us. He calls us as the church to be salt and light. And today we're going to start this new teaching series called Salt and Light. And we're going to be studying through the gospel of Matthew. You know, sometimes when we study through some of the gospels, we have a tendency to focus on the birth of Jesus and then, on the death and resurrection of Jesus, right? Uh, In fact, we have two holidays to celebrate those things, right? We have Christmas and Easter, but sometimes we skim over the middle bits, (laughs) but the middle bits are important because in them, Jesus teaches us and he shows us how we are to live in the kingdom of heaven. He shows us how we are to live under God's authority. He shows us how we are to live on earth as it is in heaven. He teaches us how to be salt and how to be light. And as we're going to see today, it starts with repentance. Chapters one and two, Matthew showed us how God prepared the way for the king of kings to be born. We saw how he used humble and broken people just like you and me to bring Jesus. And from the end of chapter 2 of Matthew, we fast forward some 30 years to chapter 3. Luke gives us one story from Jesus' childhood about him being in the temple and his parents leaving him there as they had traveled. But Matthew jumps right from the birth of Jesus right to this new thing with Jesus on the scene. The king has been born and now the king is setting up his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. So if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me over to Matthew chapter 3. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we have some on the back table. Please take one as a gift from us. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament, and it's about two-thirds of the way through your Bible. If you're looking for it, we'll also have it up here on the screen. But we're going to be in Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12 this morning. Matthew is a one of four books that we call the Gospels. And what's that word gospel mean? Good news, right? Because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they tell us the good news about Jesus. Not only about his birth, but they tell us about his life and his teaching, his miracles. And they tell us about his death and his resurrection, the good news about Jesus. So let's dive into John, or Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. It says, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of, Ju- of, Judah, of Excuse me, Judea and saying, Repent, the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. Jesus' clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Let's pause there for just a moment and talk about John the Baptizer. (laughs) So John the Baptist was—he was Jesus' cousin. Okay, we learned this from Luke's Gospel. Uh, But he was also a Levite, and and a Levite was uh, uh, his meant that his family served as priest for Israel. John was supposed to be like the Pharisees and Sadducees that we're going to see in a little bit. He was supposed to be like the other teachers of the law. He was supposed to be like the other priest. He was supposed to teach and live and act proper, but John wasn't any of those things. (laughs) John was instead a wild man out in the wilderness pleading with Israel, pleading with them to repent. And and why was he pleading with them to repent? What did it say there in the the text? Why? Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. It, it, It is coming. So we have this wild man out in the wild pleading with Israel to repent. And this may seem kind of strange to us, but really, John, John is pretty standard M.O. for prophets of God. We see the same story all throughout the Old Testament. We see God rescuing his people Israel, and they worship him for a time. But soon, corruption and sin starts to come into the people's lives, uh, to whether to individuals or to the whole nation. And, and, and really, uh, the whole nation of Israel will turn away from God at different times. And so God would send wild men or Ur, prophets, excuse me, uh, to come and plead with Israel to repent. And these wild men uh, would come and some of them would eat food that was provided just by birds. Others would uh, lay on their side for 390 days and cook their food over poop. Um, Some of these guys would stop eating the choice meats and, and, and food that was provided by the Babylonians and only eat vegetables and water for a time. One wild man even named his kids unloved and not my people. I wonder how those conversations went with his wife, right? hey, this is what we're naming our sons, (laughs) unloved and not my people. See, you thought I was crazy. These guys were crazy, all right? But John was in good company. God would send these prophets to call the people of Israel to repent of their sins. And they would either repent and experience the mercy of God, or they wouldn't, and God would remove his protection from Israel. And then the cycle would repeat itself over and over again. And as we come to the end of the Old Testament, we see this small group, this remnant of people, have returned to Jerusalem, and they have returned to God. They have rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. They rebuilt the temple. And they're saying, God, okay, we have have prepared all these things. So come and establish your kingdom. But for 400 years, there was nothing. There was silence. Until the silence is broken with this wild man wearing camel's hair and eating locusts out in the wilderness, yelling at people to repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And guys, People were being changed. Look at verse five of Matthew three. It says, people went out to him from Jerusalem and all over Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. And they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Let's pause there for just a moment. So people from all over the region were coming out to to John and and they were repenting of their sins. They were repenting of their sins because of the message of this wild man out in the wilderness. They were repenting and they were being baptized. John was doing the work that he had come to do. He was preparing the way for the Lord's coming. He was preparing the way for the kingdom of heaven to be established. And there was a lot of good soil for the gospel to be planted in, and people were being changed. They were being transformed. But there was also some hard soil that came out to see what all the noise was about. Look at verse seven. It says, "'But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees "'coming to where he was, baptizing, "'he said to them, "'You brood of vipers, "'who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, "'produce fruit in keeping with repentance.'" Remember that phrase. And do not think that you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. An ax is already at the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me is coming one more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with the unquenchable fire. So these Pharisees and Sadducees, they were the religious leaders. They were the ones that should have known better John was supposed to be a part of this group of people. And John knew these guys all too well. He had grown up around these guys, and so he knew how hard their hearts were. They thought that because they followed the law, because they kept the Sabbath, because they made sacrifices, because they prayed three times a day, they thought that this made them right. With God. They believed that simply because they were in the family tree of of Abraham, that they got a pass. But their hearts were far from God. They worshiped God with their lips, maybe even with their actions, but their hearts were far from Him. So John points them to the truth that God is the one who chose Abraham and God could raise up Abraham's descendants from even these stones if he wanted to. And what matters now is what has always mattered. And that's repentance. A repented heart in people's lives. And repentance, when it's present in the hearts and the minds of people, repentance will bear fruit. It will show When people are truly repented. Now, John speaks very harshly to these group of people because he knows how hard their hearts are. John points them to the one that he is preparing the way for, he points them to one who is coming after him Jesus, the King of Kings, Jesus, the King of Heaven. And he says, This king is going to separate the wheat from the chaff. He's going to separate those who bear fruit from those who don't. And so this morning, I want us to see what fruit repentance bears in us. Because I believe that if we can identify the fruit of repentance, then we are gonna be better prepared to examine our own hearts and our own lives to see whether or not this fruit is growing in and through us. So the first fruit of repentance, the first fruit that repentance bears in us is humility. C.S. Lewis says this, it is pride that has been the chief cause of misery in every nation and every family since the world began. John R.W. Scott said, pride is your greatest enemy and humility your greatest enemy friend. This picture that's been up behind me for a little bit is a doorway. Maybe you've seen it before, maybe you haven't. It's a doorway into the Basilica of the Nativity in Bethlehem. It's a church building uh, in Bethlehem. And this doorway is so low that you actually have to stoop down to enter into this church building. Now, the reason they put this doorway this way was during the Middle Ages, the medieval raiders would ride their horses into the middle of worship gatherings and disturb church. And so they made this doorway so low that they couldn't ride in. But that threat of of raiders is, is long gone, but yet they keep the doorway low. And they call this doorway the humility gate so that, you have to humble yourself in order to enter in. You know, with humility, we often think about bowing low. We think about humbling ourselves. You know, we bow low to kings and dignitaries to show respect and to show our submission to their authority. We humble ourselves before them. And friends, we need to humble ourselves before the King of Kings. And when repentance, true repentance, is in our hearts and our minds, the first fruit that it will bear in us is humility. We will bow low. Now, it may start with us hanging our head low in shame, or it may mean that we have to force our head low because of our pride and arrogance. But either way, we need to bow low. At the feet of Jesus. The first fruit of repentance is to humble ourselves. It's submitting ourselves to God's authority, to Jesus's authority. I love how Paul puts it in Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8 verse 5 he says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live according in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God, and it does not submit to God's law. Friends, the, the first fruit that repentance bears in our life is to humble ourselves. It's to submit ourselves to God and his law. It's recognizing who we truly are, that we are sinners, and that we've sinned, and that we've done wrong. It's an omission of guilt. It's saying, I've done it. I've sinned. It's saying that I've done wrong. Now, here at Journey Church, we put it this way. We say that we grow by studying the Bible together. We increase our desire to know the inspired and word of God. Now, it's not just to fill our minds with With more knowledge, but it's so that we can humbly obey its truth in everyday life. And obedience begins with humility, it starts with humility. Humility is the first fruit that repentance bears in our life. And when we humble ourselves to God, it leads us to the second fruit that repentance bears. Humility leads to death. Humility leads to death. Look at what Paul says in Romans 8 13. He says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, and you will live. Friends, if we live by the spirit if we humble ourselves and submit ourselves to God and his authority if we submit ourselves to the king of kings to Jesus then we will humble ourselves and that will lead us to put to death sin in our life and it's only when we are daily dying to ourselves and dying to our sins that as paul tells us here in verse 13 that we can truly live. And and daily daily dying to our sins, let me tell you, is stupid hard. It, it It is hard to do. It's tough to do. And we can't do it alone. We're not meant to. We have to have each other. We need each other if we are going to die daily to sin. Here at Journey Church, we say it like this that we want to walk side by side through the messiness of life with prayer, accountability, and encouragement. Friends, if we are going to allow repentance to bear fruit and that fruit is to put to death sin in our life daily, then you can't do it alone. We need each other. We need others who will walk through this messy thing called life together with us. We need other people who will pray with us who will encourage us and who will hold us accountable. And friends, let me tell you, if you're looking for those type of people, you can find them in a life group. We have five life groups that are part of Journey Church. There are amazing small groups that meet all throughout Washington and Beaufort County. Get connected. Find some other believers that will walk side by side with you through the messiness of life, that will pray with you, encourage you, that will hold you accountable so that you can die daily to sin, so you can put sin to death. If you can't find a group to get plugged into, then start one. Maybe gather some of your coworkers at lunch or some of your neighbors in one evening or some of your friends get together and start studying the Bible together. Start praying together. Start holding one another accountable. Friends, we need each other. We are better together. Repentance bears in us humility. Humility leads to death, to sin. Paul says this in Romans 6 in verse 1. He says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? No. No. Oh, no, he says, by no means. We are those who have died to sin. And who are those? How can we live in it any longer? Or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Friends, if you have been baptized into Jesus, you have put sin to death in your life, then how can you still live in it? Friends, can I be honest with you a little bit this morning? There are far too many of us who have not only not put sin to death in our lives, but we have treated sin like that family member. Maybe it's the one that we don't like to talk about very often, but that we've put and given room and board in our life. We've allowed sin to continue to live rent-free in that spare bedroom in our hearts. And we say, well, it's just who I am. I can't help it. This is just who I am. This is just what I do. I can't help it. Friends, stop it. That's not who you are. It's who you were. But if you are in Jesus, you are now redeemed. You are forgiven. You are reconciled to God. You have been set free. You are his. So put sin to death. Stop living in it. Because the fruit the repentance bears in us this humility that leads us to die to sin daily. And when we die to sin, we can then live for God. Look at what Paul tells us in Romans 8, verse 10. He says, But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Friends, repentance bears fruit. It bears humility that leads us to die to sin and once we have died to sin, we can then live for God because of his spirit who lives in us. The same spirit that raised Jesus back to life. And if Jesus has been raised to life, then we can have hope that we too can be raised to life because of his spirit. And if we have the spirit, he has given us life and we can live for God. We can live as his children. I think we sang about that a little bit ago, didn't we? Well, Paul says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. He says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit that you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again, rather uh, the Spirit you receive brought you about, uh, brought about your adoption to sonship, And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are his children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may share in his glory. Friends, the fruit that repentance bears in our life is humility. Leads us to a mission of Guilt that leads us to dying to sin so that we can live to God and so that we can become his children, children of God and co-heirs with Jesus, not only for the good things, but also co-heirs for the suffering. We are considered privileged that we can share in the suffering of Christ. But friends, what each and every one of us must choose Today and every day is whether we will hear the words of God and see what Jesus has done for us and hear the words to repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. We must choose whether we will respond like the Pharisees and Sadducees. And will we choose just to worship God with our lips Sure, maybe we'll show up on Sunday morning. Maybe we'll carry our Bible in and maybe we'll even put a little bit of money in the offering basket. Just enough to make ourselves feel better about the things that we did this past week. That's what the Pharisees were doing. John called them a brood of vipers. Or will we take John's warning and will we allow repentance to bear fruit in our hearts, in our minds, and in our life? Will we allow it to humble ourselves? Will we allow it to lead us to die to sin so that we can live to God as his children? The choice is yours. Will you be changed? And will you influence change around you or not? you know, over the last couple of weeks with 46 some hours of driving out to Kansas and back, we listened to a lot of music. <laughs> and there was a song that I heard uh, for the first time on our way out. Uh, and I heard it again on our way back. And it's a song by a Christian artist named Lecrae and it's called Take Me As I Am. And in the song Lecrae says this, he says, will you take me as I am? I know that the way that I'm living is wrong, but I can't change on my own trying to make it alone. Maybe some of you feel like that. I wonder how you could love me when my life is so ugly, but you came down and you died for me. Will you take me as I am? We are saved by grace through faith. It's not works. Ain't nothing I can do, ain't nothing you can do that could get us this grace salvation that we have. It's only Christ. So if you feel like you got to clean yourself up before you can come to him, forget it. Just come to him and he will take you as you are and he will change you from the inside out. Friends, what will you choose today? Will you come to Jesus just as you are? Will you allow Jesus to change you By humbling yourself, by dying to your sins in baptism so that you can start living for God and to God today. So that you can start living in the kingdom of heaven. So that you can start living as salt and light. It's a new year. Many of us are making new decisions about things that we are going to change in our life It's time for a new start, and I love this time of the year. You know, uh, a lot of times we focus on not following through on resolutions that we make, but man, I I think it's awesome. Starting new, making new decisions, starting new and starting new things. C.S. Lewis said this. He says, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start from where you are and change the ending. So friends, what are you going to change Are you going to allow repentance to bear fruit in your life? Will you come and die to yourself and to your sin at the feet of the King of Jesus? We pray with me. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this harsh warning that John gave to these Pharisees and Sadducees. And uh, Father, I, I, I pray that his warning would break the hardness in our hearts that he would, it would break the arrogance in our minds and that we would come and humble ourselves and that we would repent returning to you. Father, I know that some of us have kept sin in the back closet, hoping nobody would find out about it. Father, would you move us today to say today is the day that I'm taking it out back and putting it into it. Would you lead us today to humbly repent and put sin to death so that we can truly live as your children? Father, for those who are here that have never accepted you as their Lord and Savior, would you lead them to you today? Would you show them that they can't clean themselves up that only you can change them. Would you leave them to come as they are so that they can be transformed by your Son Jesus? Would you help us as your church, as your people, as we leave this room that we are gathered in, that you would help us to go and to be salt, to bring taste and preserve, and help us to be light to illuminate, to glorify you in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in the places that we'll be. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We ask all of this in his name. Amen. Friends, if you're here and you're ready to humble yourself for the first time and die to sins and meet Jesus in baptism, I'm going to be out in the lobby I'd love to talk with you today or call or text me anytime my, my cell phone number is right up there on the screen. I'd love to have that conversation with you. For those of us who are followers of Jesus, here at Journey Church, we invite you to join us in this time of communion. And if you didn't grab communion on your way in, you could raise your hand. I think Taylor's back there in the back. He can bring it to you. Um, man, this is a time for us to remember how our King Jesus laid down his life for us. We Take the bread and we are reminded of his body. We take the cup and we are reminded of his blood. And so use this time now to humble yourselves, to confess your sins and lay them down at the feet of Jesus. And then when you're ready, let's remember his sacrifice and let's celebrate his resurrection. Because through his resurrection, we too can not only have forgiveness, but we can have life even though we deserve death. So let's praise God together as we partake. When you're ready, let's remember and partake.